David VR is really struggling and it could open the door for a prospect like Casey Schmidt and the bullpen is really struggling and how are the Giants going to correct for that and get back on track and stop allowing almost seven runs per nine innings from their pen. So we'll get to those questions and many others next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score, and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, so check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on MLB today to get 10% off your first month. And coming up on today's show, it is a mailbag edition of the show. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted questions on Twitter. We got a lot of them. And so jumping right in, there are Three people who ask related questions, so we're going to ask all three together here. Uh, Shaka Church asks, how many weeks does David VR have left before they send him down? What changes need to be made to the bullpen? So we're actually going to skip that bullpen one, and it's going to actually be the next round of questions where we'll get to that. Bay Area Champ says, with David VR's struggles and Brandon Crawford's injury, do you think they pulled the trigger on Casey Schmidt sooner than later? And then Thomas says, if you were the president of baseball operations, would you send VR down and who would you bring up? And so basically the topic here is David VR. And so let's look at the the numbers for David VR. And we don't have to look at numbers to know that he has been in a major funk after starting the year out pretty strong. Uh, at this point, though, he's hitting 145 with a 242 on base and 325 slugging. So it's just there's no there's no getting around it. It's not a good slash line. And overall, it's a 57 weighted runs created plus where 100 is league average. So about 43% below league average offensively. But, you know, if you combine what he did last year and what he did this year, which I think is probably the more relevant thing to do, just the more the bigger the sample the better really. Uh it's, it's still not great, but it's okay. A 201 average is definitely going to stand out as a negative, but uh, a 301 on base is acceptable, and a 410 slugging uh, is pretty impressive compared to the 201 average because slugging is somewhat average dependent. And, and so that's where this number called isolated power comes in. It's the difference between the slugging and the average. And for David VR in his career, that number is at 209. But, I mean, it's weird because he's, like, one of his big issue, issues that he wanted to work on was, like, in-zone contact. And he has improved upon it a little bit. Last year, he made contact 
When he swung at pitches in the strike zone, he made contact 75% of the time, which is below average, but he wanted to improve. And this year, he has a little bit improved it to when he swings at a pitch in the strike zone, he's made contact 77% of the time. So really, when I look at the numbers, what I see that is dragging everything down is that he's got a 167 batting average on balls in play, BABIP. And as many of you know, this is like a luck slash sustainability indicator. And so every single projection, like on fan graphs, you've got zips, steamer, the bat, the bat X, ATC. There's like, that's five different projection systems. Every single one of them has David VR having a batting average on balls in play that's in the range of uh, a low of 287 and a high of 307. So just kind of on average, about 300, which is about normal. And so if you put on roughly 130 points of batting average on balls in play, it's going to change his overall numbers a little bit. So all of that to say, I don't think he's this bad, and so I'm not quite ready to just give up on David VR. But could he benefit from going to AAA and playing every day and getting back in a, you know, rhythm? And perhaps does this create an opportunity for a Casey Schmidt? I think they're somewhat close to that point. And so just kind of going through the questions one by one: How many weeks does VR have left? Like, if he continues to play like this, I would say not many more. Like one week, less than a week, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be totally shocked if they made a move today, for example. But the thing is, Casey Schmidt, it's not like he's exactly uh, thriving to his fullest potential in AAA. The numbers look good on the surface. I discussed this yesterday. We talked all about Giants prospects. Check it out if you're interested in Giants prospects. We gave lots of updates there. But, you know, Casey Schmidt. In AAA, 310 average, 341 on base, 413 slugging. Those look good by major league standards, but in that league, the off- the league average offensive line is much better than that. So Casey Schmidt has actually been about 20% below average offensively for the league. But I'm encouraged by the fact that he's only got a 19% uh, strikeout rate. And after going a long time without drawing a walk at all, he's up to that walk rate to 5.2%. He has drawn now seven walks this season in AAA. And so with the plus defense, uh, J.D. Davis, that's the thing. VR, it was supposed to be like he's the third baseman, but J.D. Davis and the just excellent performance from him so far this year, not only with the bat, but also shockingly with the glove, has kind of changed things. And so suddenly you're looking at, and Brandon Crawford's on the injured list, So I think there's possibly an opening for Schmidt at second base because right now the way they're playing VR is that he's only starting against left-handed pitching and he's playing second base. That's kind of the role he's fallen into. And with Crawford out, Estrada is at shortstop. And so I think there's a real opening if you want to just give if you want to just get let Casey Schmidt get his feet wet and see if you can just catch lightning in a bottle and see if he can just thrive in the major leagues there's an opportunity there at second base with Crawford out where you could just have JD Davis at third Estrada at short and Casey Schmidt at second the problem is those are three right-handed hitters and uh I don't know that they just 
want to jump into that. I think it's like Brett Wisely is playing second base against right-handed pitchers right now. So look, J- Davis has become like an everyday player. Estrada has been an everyday player, but do they want to, you know, Corbin Burns is pitching tonight, for example. And do you really want to expose a young Casey Schmidt to some really tough right-handed pitchers and have him fail and maybe shake his confidence a little bit if he just like totally struggles against these really tough righties. And so anyway, all of that to say, I do think VR, he's got to turn it around and it's got to be relatively soon, certainly in the month of May. I would say one, two, three weeks max. If he doesn't turn it around, it would be time to make a move. And for me, like the guy I would just want to see is is probably Casey Schmidt, just because at the very least, you know, you're going to get plus defense. And I, again, though, the the kind of breakout of J.D. Davis defensively at third does complicate things because it that position isn't really open right now. And Davis doesn't play second base or shortstop. And so maybe uh, shortstop opens up for Schmidt and you keep Estrada at second. That's a possibility. And then if Schmidt is a good defender there, then you kind of don't mind if he is even just okay with the bat, if he's giving you plus defense at a premium position like shortstop. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of versatility, but that is the way I see it. And coming up in just a minute, we are going to address the bullpen, which has been one of the worst in the league, which, you know, we expected it to be much better this year, but so far it hasn't been. And so how are they going to address it? How can they fix it? We'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Try it free for 30 days, just enough time to try it, and then completely forget about it. In fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. You could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for ones you don't use. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. Rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. All right. As promised, we are going to uh, get to more mailbag questions, talk about the bullpen, and then there's a lot more that I want to get to. I always take longer than I mean to. I go into a lot of detail, but the bullpen, definitely a hot topic. By the way, uh, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. The everydayers on Monday will be back breaking down a three-game series against the Milwaukee Brewers, who are a good team, but they just got swept by the lowly Colorado Rockies at altitude. And the Giants play the Brewers tonight at 7.15 Pacific. Catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. And so the next round of questions, again, we're going to lump some of them together. One of them, you know, shock a church with what changes need to be made to the bullpen. 
Tommy Tanks says, where do you, uh, where do the high leverage innings come from in the future? Bullpen has been rough and the underlying metrics aren't kind except for Brebbia. And Jacob said, are there any trades open that can help the bullpen? Guys have been underperforming and that seems like the biggest issue, maybe at the deadline. And so I'm going to kind of go against the grain here, you guys. I'm going to say I'm actually not that concerned about the bullpen because what we have seen as I scroll all the way down to the bottom of this page where we're looking at results for bullpens, we will find the Giants with a 6.26 earned run average on the season, which is just dreadful. But it's just been super weird. Yeah, it's the worst in the National League, 6.26. But if we look at who is behind this? Like the most innings out of the bullpen have belonged to Jacob Junis. You also got Sean Jelly with the third most innings. And I guess at this point, Ross Stripling and Sean Manaya have thrown among the fewest innings out of the pen. But what's what's happened, what I've seen is that these guys that are like starters they're they're like bulk relievers right Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling Jacob Junis those guys have really struggled and so I just think that they need to make the adjustment in that I mean I didn't understand the way they were using Sean Jelly they kind of used him in a high leverage role like late in games that were close they would just go to him and that didn't make a lot of sense to me I think in the most recent case they had a lot of guys who were unavailable. They did have a stomach bug coming out of Mexico City. But, you know, Sean Jelly has been optioned. And so Ross Stripling and Sean, like, okay, for example, let me just give you some numbers. Sean Manaya has a 1080 ERA out of the bullpen. Ross Stripling has a 736 ERA out of the bullpen. Tristan Beck has a 6 ERA out of the bullpen, another like starter type in the bullpen there. And... Sean Jelly, a 10.13 ERA out of the bullpen. Jacob Junis, 606. So those are all your like guys who technically kind of could be starters and yet have been pitching out of the pen a lot. And they're behind. Like if you take those guys out, then the numbers might look better. But okay, so I want to kind of address the question of where did the high leverage innings come from? What exactly was the question? Where do the high leverage innings come from in the future? Bullpen has looked rough and rough and the underlying metrics aren't kind. I don't totally agree with that. I mean, if you look at Camilo Duvall, for example, he has had his struggles with the pitch timer and that really needs to get ironed out. Hopefully it does. I mean, for me, it's like he should be just calling his own pitches because it seems like he's just not getting the pitch he wants and it's just taking too long. And plenty of pitchers, Logan Webb, Anthony DiSclefani, Alex Cobb, they've got the pitch com on their belt and they're calling their own pitches. And so I think maybe is that, is that the solution for Duvall? But despite the struggles, Duvall has a 2.77 earned run average. He's got a 2.43 expected ERA, a 3.36 fielding independent pitching, a 3.32 expected fielding independent pitching. So he's had his struggles. His command hasn't been as good. I don't like the sh- the shape of the sinker is not what it needs to be right now. And so I don't know if he's just a little out of whack mechanically. He's obviously still throwing hard, but Doval I think will be fine when all is said and done, assuming he can figure out the pitch timer, which I would imagine as time goes on happens. And then 
Tyler Rogers has been, I mean, he got what he got lit up a little bit in Mexico city, which was a total outlier of a experience there in that stadium at that altitude on that field. But even with that, he's got a two nine three ERA and you talk about underlying metrics. Yeah. The fielding independent pitching is a little high at 4.02 this year. Offense is up. And so like league average is last I checked, it might've been for starters or just for overall pitchers. Bullpen guys are usually going to have a lower ERA than starters generally like as a whole and but last I checked the average ERA in the league was like 4.4 and so a 4.02 FIP is not terrible and the expected fielding independent pitching 3.89 again it's not great but it's not terrible but the expected ERA which is a little more advanced even than all that is only at 2.22 so Tyler Rogers has done a nice job and then I just I think Scott Alexander like he's he's a guy where the the results aren't good, 6.35 ERA, but the underlying metrics, 3.81 fielding independent pitching, 3.65 expected fielding independent pitching. He's just not a guy. He's got a long track record of being a good reliever, and I'm just he's just not a guy for me who's going to have an ERA in the mid-sixes. He's going to come down and be in the threes or even in the twos uh, as far as I am concerned. One of the big hits they've taken is that Taylor Rogers hasn't been the guy that they had hoped so far. He had a really, really difficult start to the season. This is a guy that they hoped would kind of be almost like a tandem closer with Camilo Duvall. Not so much, just a guy who, if Camilo needed a day off, it would be Rogers, and that Rogers would, you know, Taylor Rogers, we're talking about the lefty twin, the new guy, uh, him not establishing himself as just a second high leverage back end reliever has been a big has had like ripple effects because they just haven't had that guy and they've had to try different guys and it just hasn't worked out a lot of the time but let me just point out he had that horrible outing walked all four batters he faced threw his glove in the trash can since that time he has not allowed an earned run and if we look at just the overall numbers since that time 0.0 we're talking six and a third innings uh, I don't know exactly. It's it's more than six games. He's come out. Uh, anyway, it's six and a third innings, 0.00 ERA, 2.89 fielding independent pitching, strikeout rate of, uh, I don't have that actually pulled up because it disappeared on me, but strikeout rate of 15.2% and a walk rate of 15.2% during that time, I believe. Numbers are kind of looking, I, I got some weird numbers on my screen here, but basically he hasn't allowed a run since that outing. And so hopefully he's trending in the right direction. And I'm not sure I broke down yet for you, John Brebia himself, because you mentioned Brebia is the only one with good underlying numbers. But yeah, again, a 6.55 ERA but a 2.73 fielding independent pitching. So I would just expect normalization, kind of regression to the mean, just the underlying metrics starting to pull down these earned run averages. And a lot of it will have to do with, I think, a little bit less usage of these starting pitcher types in kind of leverage late inning situations and hopefully more in situations where it's just like, tandem starters or like big leads or or big deficits versus 
those are your kind of go-to guys in big spots. And also they've called up Cole Waits and they'll continue. They're just not going to let this linger. If guys are struggling, eventually they're going to make some moves. And we already saw it like jelly is out and Cole Waits is here. And I have high hopes for Cole Waits. So that's my take on the bullpen situation. I'm really just not that worried. I think pretty much all of these guys, Doval, Tyler Rogers, Taylor Rogers, Scott Alexander, John Brebbia, they should all be like pretty good relievers when the season is over. And so I believe they will be, and we might just have to wait a while for that to come to fruition. So anyway, more questions and answers in just a minute. We're going to talk about the Giants' prioritization of ground ball pitchers, and yet what the what the questioner here asks is they prioritize ground ball pitchers, but they don't prioritize defense. So is that actually a, a good strategy? Are they kind of dumb for doing it that way? So we'll get into that in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you are like me, you might spend a lot of time thinking about a lot of other things other than yourself and what's going on inside. I know for me, I might focus so much of my energy on the San Francisco Giants, and I might be watching you know, last season or the 2021 postseason and seeing the Giants lose in a game five and feeling so tense about it. And then last year, the disappointment, just getting wrapped up in it. And it's not just baseball, it's personal lives. It was COVID, it's politics, whatever it is, uh, it can be very stressful. And stress is not healthy for the mind or the body. And in my personal experience, having been through a very serious traumatic experience as well uh, several years ago, therapy was a must. And so if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. And, and, and just in general, it is a great idea no matter what your situation is. The stresses of everyday life these days are just a lot. So BetterHelp is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnMLB. All right. As promised, more questions and answers. Once again, I did not move as quickly as I intended to, but that's okay. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. The everydayers on Monday will hear about the upcoming series against the Brewers. It's really interesting uh, series. They've the Brewers just got swept by the Colorado Rockies, and there's a well-known effect from coming back from altitude that hurts a team for a game or two. And so hopefully the Giants can take advantage of that. Corbin Burns on the mound tonight and he his numbers just aren't the same. And so we'll see if the Giants can also take advantage of that. They play the Giants play the Brewers tonight at 7:15 Pacific. Catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. So the next question comes from Tycho who says, "Does it make sense for the Giants to prioritize ground ball pitchers?" and deprioritize defense in favor of quality at-bats in the new era of the shift ban. And if this was true, I would say no. But what I'm going to make a case for is 
where are they really deprioritizing defense, especially on the infield? I think with Lamont Wade Jr., with Tyro Estrada, with Brandon Crawford, with the way J.D. Davis is playing. And he wasn't supposed to be the everyday guy kind of because he didn't have a great defensive reputation. And I think it was supposed to be David Villar because I think they believed his defense probably might be better. And then if VR struggled, they were going to go to perhaps Casey Schmidt, who's one of the best defenders, if not the best defender in the minor leagues. And so I don't see where they're deprioritizing defense on the infield or in the outfield at this point. Last year, it was defense was a big problem. But so far this year, it has not been a problem. In fact, you're getting like nobody's playing better third base defense than J.D. Davis right now. He's been unbelievable. And you know, Tyro Estrada at second base, I always called last year, there was way too much made, in my opinion, of his one weird season where there was a very negative number for defensive runs saved, but not all of the advanced metrics agreed with that. And so looking at Tyro Estrada, just watching him play, his athleticism, I saw no reason why he couldn't improve or just for that, you know, you these kind of defensive metrics are best looked at in multiple year samples because weird things happen. Uh, It's just not like fast to stabilize. They're not precise. And I like to look at multiple season samples. And I also look to like to look at multiple metrics like defensive run saved outs above average and ultimate zone rating are the ones that I go to. No, not fielding percentage, but Estrada this year, like I said, last year, I don't know what the number was. Actually, I do know, uh, at second base, minus 12 defensive runs saved. If Yeah, if you're looking at just that, you're like, wow, he's horrible. But the year before that, zero. The year before that, zero. The year before that, plus one. And then this year so far, plus two. And so last year just kind of looks like a blip there. And from outs above average, they had him at exactly average last year. And this year, plus one out above average at second base. At shortstop, He has consistently rated below average by defensive run saved to the point where he's at minus eight defensive run saved in 561 innings. Although outs above average has him at plus one at shortstop in obviously that same number of innings. And so I think he's held his own. Like, I think he's a decent shortstop kind of average. I don't want to say at at worst. I think he could be a little below average, but he's not horrible at shortstop and it's not a bad backup given what he's doing offensively and just the fact that he can handle short I think sometimes they deprioritize defense in the outfield like I don't I'm not comfortable really with Blake Sable out there do not like the way he kind of runs after balls I haven't liked Tyro Estrada in the outfield either Brandon Belt obviously when he played the outfield Jock Peterson was a big problem in the outfield but you're talking about prioritizing ground ball pitchers and deprioritizing defense. I don't see them deprioritizing defense in the infield. And uh, so by some of the different metrics, I had this pulled up the giants by, I want to look at infield only, but I guess I don't have that ability, but overall, as a team, actually, I can on Statcast. We can look at the outs above average by the Giants infielders. They're at plus five as a team. Now, a lot of that actually is coming from the uh, from JD Davis alone because that's how good he's been. And so we're going to focus on just the uh, we're going to look at just the Giants here. JD Davis at plus four, 
David Villar at plus one, Wilmer Flores plus one, Lamont Wade Jr. zero, uh, Tyro Estrada zero, and Brandon Crawford minus one. Ironically, Crawford being like the worst defender in the infield so far for the Giants. But, you know, overall, the defense just hasn't really been the problem that many feared it would be. Like I said, the Giants, I I don't think I actually said this, but they're seventh in the majors in outs above average as a team. Seventh best. And last year, they were pretty much the worst. Defensive runs saved, once again, not high on the Giants. It has them 26th best, meaning, you know, fifth worst, which I don't really buy. I have that's not what I've seen. I don't know where exactly that's coming from. I think their pitchers have made quite a few defensive mistakes, and that's probably getting getting counted here. We've seen like Alex Cobb make some throwing errors. Let me look at who are the negative defenders by defensive run saved. Brandon Crawford at negative six. And we're talking about the team that, what did I say? Minus 11 as a team. And Crawford is more than half of that by himself by defensive run saved. Michael Conforto in right field, minus three defensive run saved. I haven't really seen it that way. Brett Wisely, minus three defensive run saved in center. I haven't really seen it that way. Tyro Estrada, like I said, it doesn't love him at shortstop, minus two. And then you've got Doval, Webb, Stripling, Brebia, Cobb, all contributing minus one defensive run save. So the pitchers making, you know, poor, playing poor defense, that's not, I don't think that's part of your question, right? Like they're, these, it's just random and fluky that they're, they've had some troubles defensively by their pitchers. But again, outs above average has the Giants as like the seventh best defensive team defensive run saved has them as like the fifth worst defensive team and so this is just one of those things where the the metrics don't always agree and so that's why you shouldn't just kind of put all the eggs into one basket and and instead we kind of look at them all so we'll look at a third one here ultimate zone rating and that has the giants at 23rd so not great either but again i'm i'm going to guess there's Crawford in there he he's made quite a few kind of blunders and also the pitchers there's been a lot of issues with their pitchers fielding their position and yeah once again I'm going to look at who are the worst by ultimate zone rating it doesn't like Michael Conforto it hasn't liked Lamont Wade Jr. in left has not liked Brett Wisely in center has not liked Brandon Crawford at short and I don't know I think it's anyway I just don't believe that the infield defense has been a problem really at all for the most part. They're not going to be perfect every night, but I think that they've been pretty strong. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers on Monday, we'll be breaking down this big series at home against a contender in the Milwaukee Brewers. The Giants play the Brewers tonight at 7.15 Pacific. Catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. It's going to be Corbin Burns with some down numbers for him versus Sean Manaya, who's, who's also got some down numbers. So big matchup. Hopefully the Giants can keep the momentum from taking two out of three against the defending champs. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. Helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Cannot wait to be with you again uh, on Monday. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.